Yesterday, we had a discussion on AI and CX. And much was on the argumentation about the sociological need regarding artificial intelligence and the perspectives regarding, uh, you know, sensitivity concerns. Also, the very deep aspect about CX is connected with algorithmic policy. So when I actually talk about policing algorithms, the question was regarding uh, the identity perspectives of humans and the also how come we can actually preserve originality. So uh, as time goes on, I'll pass on to the panelists accordingly and we'll start. So uh, let's start with the minister. Uh, sir, are you, I hope you will hear me. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, let me start with the emotion of the emotion of how can we live Alexa, 
is about providing density capabilities. You can take for example the same train stop. May go here for some point of time and it is understandable. Maybe very less number of situations, very rarely, but still there are possibilities. Let's take those possibilities into the question. But still, what if we haven't provided that dog the teeth? There are no teeth to the dog. How dangerous that dog would be even if it comes to bite you without any teeth? For example, the next Rembrandt project, project of Microsoft, if it hasn't got any 3D printer, how good it would have been? It would have been of no use. After the analysis, there would not have been any output. So for all these projects, I think that there would always be one string attached to the humanity and humans or the controllers of that AI project would always be in control of the AI system. And therefore, we only have to, at the very far most situation, if we can think in a superficial manner, we'll have to find only those capabilities which we provided them and all of which we don't have control. The co-relative issues, the collateral issues, for example, in internet, we have seen the collateral damage of our privacy and privacy sheet. Uh, I would request the panel to go forward onto the same line. Taking into consideration the second aspect of the AI, or uh, as I discussed, the first aspect of AI, which is the conditional and the limited AI, rather than the second aspect of it, which is the independent AI. We should be talk about the limited one, and which is talking about the consumer experience. Those projects and ideas of the AI which are making consumer life better or advancing towards it. What legal questions could be involved in that? What about the AI biases provided by the same AI engine as I mentioned previously? Or what about those companies' responsibilities in case of running that kind of AI and the biases inherent? in those projects itself. I hope now the panel would take further and the audience would also be intended to hear and to limit themselves accordingly. Thank you. Please proceed. Thank you, sir. So, now the very basic faction with regards to understanding the case of CX is actually also connected with what we discussed about the two lines of actually what kind of AI we are using. A similar proposition has to be necessary to understand that, uh, like as per discussion, we can understand that from a very unitary utility to a very uh, very higher level utility which we require, we actually use artificial intelligence, and that actually comes into being in different forms. Like it can be used in a toothbrush, it can be uh, used. Uh, Obviously, in smartphones, it's possible. It's happening. It is used even in your shoes sometimes to actually analyze how much fitness level is there and how much you should walk. It can be even used 
for vision purposes, for medical needs. But yes, uh, there actually exist very paradoxes with regards to that. Entity issues always come into being, and with that, the international scenario becomes important. So, um, let me give you a very interesting scenario because uh, we need to actually keep up with time as well, actually, uh, actually. Uh, with regards to social media, I'm taking a very interesting example of social media space and AI, which is important. Identity becomes a very important factor here to estimate and actually act upon. So, one of the most profound examples has been the idea of what slacktivism is and how it affects cyberspace and actually how it affects the scenario of actually keeping up with you know the originality of human beings, how actually things are made up. So the topic starts with that. In the outskirt areas where conflicts were going on in the Middle East, and also in some prosperous regimes like Egypt and all, although it was not generally prosperous, but it's just okay. Like, so I am referring some countries Egypt, Syria, uh, Yemen, and uh, Saudi and Iran also. Not generally Saudi in that way, but still. But, and also some regions in Mexico, I should say. And also countries in Africa. So after the 1990s, in the 2000s itself, when the internet came, the basic activism against the regimes, the sovereign leaders, was started by social media. And the interesting part was not that Facebook was the only one to start with. Even, even general connective messaging was the first thing. So I, I should not say that social media was the only way to start activism in 2005 cyberspace, but it was a very primary perspective to start with. So what happens is that sometimes we actually utilize data in different forms. And we see that sometimes a revolution comes around with actually the of data. And when actually we apply it, there actually exist repercussions. Some real repercussions come into being which we should discuss and understand. So it's more about understanding the objectivity of what data is taken, how is it serialized, and how is it valuable. We can't just take any constituent of a line and just give it up or relinquish it to anybody. Okay, just take the data all So much is about understanding this perspective that uh, the way data is operationalized, the way data is accepted, must be taken into a survey. And that's the basic thing all along. So I was talking about slacktivism. Now how is it related to AI? I tell you how. Earlier, social media patterns were used to be very simple. And they were as simple as we actually live in a human society. So as some simulated examples were discussed with the audience, I'll actually keep one here. So slacktivism started in the 2000s and researchers actually found out that the more you don't know somebody in social media, earlier, not right now, because this is also something there, earlier, uh, when there was a case that you don't know somebody in social media on any portal, you know, Instagram, Tinder, uh, Facebook, anything. You actually were in a more tender argument to actually go on with a person and meet. Okay, hi, how are you? Just meet. Done. But as times changed, cyberspace became more complex. It was capitalized in a different way. So, there's something called big data revolution which came. Next was something which was after, after 2016, and actually became prominent. Uh, as per folks, as per Adobe, as per different surveys by Forrester and HCL and other things. 
The most prominent aspect is that, as I discussed yesterday and I will uh, uh, forward it today, that consumer experience is connected with three factors. First is end-to-end -end user experience, end-to-end -end user acquisition of loyalty. Second is uh, itself about creating a bridge of communication better. And third is about the fact that uh, when the end-to-end -end user uh, experience is done, loyalty is done, and this aspect is done, the whole part is to maintain it. And the maintenance part is already connected with the fact that we actually make many decisions of ourselves lazy via customer experience. That is something which is very interesting. Like for example, uh, Google Duplex, best example, San Francisco 2018, so that which I said, okay, this is Google Duplex. What was Google Duplex? Very simple thing. You are introducing an AI, which is actually making appointments for you. It's a good thing, you are at office, you are a millennial kind of person or anybody, or you just use this busy and get into office or get somewhere, and you are not even running cops. Or you're not in, uh, able to attend your, get your appointments done. So it's a good way actually to use Google to do this. But a complexity perspective is that um, I rely a lot of uh, your own uh, personal actions in different ways. Well, there's a contextual order. So one more aspect I would like to touch. Uh, and this is related to the transmedia initiatives. That is actually very important for understanding cyberspace and objectivity towards dealing with AI. So the advent of Netflix was a blockbuster and a disaster at the same time. Why? It's because the way the content is spread by Netflix, Amazon Prime, uh, Hotstar and all those, what happened was that we actually created... Yes, sir, you wish to... So the thing is like, Netflix did not actually work in the way that they actually injected and penetrated the idea of uh, uh, being invoked towards it, being actually addicted towards it. It's not directly an addiction, but it's just like about uh, how you much are interested in things. And that was something which was actually very interesting. So, even if Netflix actually gives a very much explanatory content, Amazon Prime does that, but they are much connected to the idea that there's an article in media, uh, which is very well on that you are actually uh, connected in a way that you are optimizing yourself to just ending your original freedom that you have, original liberty that you have. And actually all the apps, all the big database applications actually do that. Start with IoT, now work further with other initiators. So in that way CX becomes important because CX is actually extracting but also exhausting. And that is something which I found interesting. Uh, yes, so you wish to say something. Which is available on Pandora 
then you like it on and then she used to sing all those songs by and by once by once. Then with the same music, even the new um, uh, musicians get the chance to come out. So this is another example of the consumer experience where the AI has translated the part towards it. But can we call it that it is being biased towards them? Then there would be a question of uh, talking of the um, uh, the neutrality the AI is using. And you see that at the developmental stage, uh, the, the ontological uh, and technological development of the AI is based on certain factors of the problem-solving approach and as well as the commercial approach. Now, we have to find out the factor that which one is the more cause for developing that AI functionality. Is it the problem-solving approach or is it the commercial approach merely? Second, in the same problem-solving and the consumer-centric, uh, sorry, commercial approach, what is the level of the neutrality meaning played by the uh, by the uh, uh, agency or the body of the organization which is using the AI towards which it is going biased, keeping in mind the basic principles of the consumer behavior and the consumer-centric approach, consumer law towards centric approach. So that is the point on which we should focus with the conjecture of the AI and the CS. Now, there was some truth in the Sith uh, Google, uh, where is the Google being checked antitrust issues. Uh, the antitrust body of the Europe is still looking into the matter of the Google providing the different kind of search results. Now, that could be one of the examples of such uh, violations of the Google it. It was not based on problem solving the Google claimed so, but it was actually not. It was actually based on commercial notion of the Google. Which means that this was the basic problem by which the consumer's interest was being hampered onto the approach of their commercialization, not onto the approach of the problem solving of them. But in Pandora case, we can find out that there was one problem of finding the same nature of music on one music sharing platform. And the AI of Pandora has facilitated towards that in the in the interest of the or, or as the likeliness and the wants and the willingness of uh, the consumer sector without being biased towards any of the commercial interest of Pandora. Although Pandora would be getting the money or the shares from those newcomers as well, but still it is biased into the sense that the approach taken by the Pandora is towards the consumer centric approach. Abhi. So, uh, yes, uh, indeed, this is a very interesting perspective of Pandora have actually given, and uh, that's quite interesting. In fact, in case of antitrust laws, what happens is that uh, if we go to Amazon in general, 
what happens in the US and all over the world is that uh, Amazon actually gives up a lot of things. So like, actually they provide you cheaper goods, cheaper services, cheaper products. And actually try to leverage the case that, okay, uh, okay, we are providing something cheap, something good, and they actually do at the expense of themselves, but also at the expense of the people who are actually working at Amazon. And actually that uh, affects in different forms. So the conflict that comes to being with them is how much are they creating addictive and how much is it important to deal with them? There's nothing like we don't need data mining here because data mining actually employs an approach to actually use the data. But maybe the exhausted, uh, I'm using a new word, I can't that, exhaustionist approach towards just soaking data from people and then putting it into a vicious cycle or a viscous cycle of just being affected and influenced by that is something which is of a big concern. I mean, if you actually look at the concept of Google, it is pretty obvious to understand that what they actually give in terms of CX is actually about um, to more treating you like a product and creating products and services for yourself. And sometimes you also become a pseudo service for them, which is ironically drastic because uh, that is something which is really incredible. Uh, yes, sir, you wish to say something? Uh, when we see the example of the Amazon, yeah. uh, I would relate it with my previous two question um, uh, like and the queries which I posed towards you. I am not sure what did you ask, I do not hear well, but still, the Amazon thing uh, is also taking up uh, the use of the AI for providing the better consumer experience. But as I said, there are three elements which we look towards into. The one is the problem solving approach which Amazon provided very well. Yes, it was finding a solution towards providing the better result for the uh, buyers. Those who are watching the same product or they have bought the similar products or the related products could be shown to them for their easiness. So one problem solving approach was found. The second consumer centric approach this is the consumer-centric approach without being biased towards the person. Now, uh, uh, the, the second point is about the uh, commercialization. Of course, Amazon is getting the money even from those uh, vendors by showing them into the list. Now there comes the third part of the neutrality. That where they stand into the sense of the neutrality, are they being biased towards those vendors or they are being biased towards their consumers. Now this is a very objective thing to be looked into the perspectives from the, um, the regulator or from the third person and also objectively into the each cases provided to them. And a detailed and mind to be given. Now of course as we can primarily uh, look towards it, the Amazon is showing the list which is again good for the consumer and consumer is not getting any loss from that is the primary issue by which no action till now have been questioned or 
Indian um, uh, over the Amazon could be one of the reasons on to which I would like to stand. And very often would it be give the question clearly or uh, have I prepared this way? Okay, that's really interesting to know about. Um, anybody would like to raise any questions or any, anything what you actually understand about the phenomena of what we discussed? Like examples of Pandora and Amazon. Um, anybody would like to raise any questions first? Okay. That's uh, funny. So, um, in broader terms, what we can actually conclude and understand is that after the very schema of commercialization and actually uh, keeping many parameters and touch points, where actually the very product or service which is made, being made is connected, either it becomes centric to any particular constituent of what actually we have to sell or what actually we have to provide. So that is something which indeed is a model related to capitalize the whole cyberspace. But yes, it also the instance of understanding uh, there is a need to feel where actually the service perspective or the service ethos of what CX really is actually serves. Which what ex exactly do we require is not about just taking. Maybe much is about understanding <coughs> that uh, really we need to calibrate ourselves what needs actually become a perspective which need not to be controlled with CX all the time. But yes, at the same time, we should never forget that CX is very important because it gives a lot of demographic and geographic perspective of how people live in different dimensions. Like it can give a lot of stuff about understanding how people need things and actually it breaks the barriers of material needs as well. So that's the perspective on the potential of CX and also the you know the question beyond what's happening. Uh, so I hope you can hear me. So uh, my uh, basic uh, curiosity to ask this question is this, uh, which I'm asking that. Is, will there be any saturation stage within 30 years or so? Can we expect, although we don't know, or maybe within 10 years, who knows, where actually we need not to rely on much of CX and actually it becomes a common phenomenon, other than just being, you know, the aspect that uh, the acquisition of loyalty is actually uh, not made at the lays of the people, but actually at something else. Because when people are lazy to actually just Show us, show us sign of that okay, they have accept, they feel some uh, particular company lawyer, or some particular person who represents the company lawyer. Then, is it the case that within 10 years or so, CX could change everything, or like there can be something beyond CX in terms of its ontology development? Like, what is it about it? There can be anything beyond. Yes, yes of course, there can it is going to saturate to that extent and it is very much possible. But the point is that from the angle of the consumer centric approach, we have to look towards the solution of this problem as well. And then in the question from the present aspect, we can take into consideration the 
the present um, uh, or we can take analogy from the present privacy uh, law discourses. As it happens that these companies are also taking up the data and then the privacy as a constitutional right to information of the uh, privacy and informational privacy. And then the second point of the data protection itself, which is I don't find it to be into the part of the constitutional notion, but all, but again into the notion of the commercial law. So keeping in mind the two different aspects, the right to informational privacy under the constitutional manners and the constitutional legal uh, has been provided, and the second point of the data protection as provided by the commercial law principles protecting the consumerism. In these two aspects, we can find out the analogy to discuss even the CX problems which are going to such an extent and the saturation is taken up. What happens that at present in the privacy and the data protection approach, the companies are being questioned to the extent of the usability of the data being taken from the people. Similarly, in the CX approach, they would be also positioning the data at the biasness and the need of the need of the um, you know AI and the use of AI to the extent where it becomes liable towards the uh, consumer or the consumerism principles. Now, the test the test points to check can be analogy from the principle of the uh, data protection and the privacy principles. And the companies always would be questioned onto the same line. Let's see what happened in the um, cases of the antitrust issues coming in the privacy uh, or, or in, in the other technological um, <laughs> issues. Okay. Thank you so much, sir, for your kind words. Actually, uh, now we address the questions all along. And we are just having a little part of this talk. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, so my question uh, would be, so you know, when you speak to manufacturing, okay. Uh, so this process actually uses a lot of data. Actually, collects a huge amount of data from you know from various people, from various backgrounds, various countries. So you know, how much should we put an effort towards localization so that you know the data is not going towards the other countries? Okay, because for example, the international companies would be going and see. Amazon is, is a worldwide uh, company, so it can it does collect data from right from our phones, from laptops, computers, what yeah. they want, what they search. So you know, uh, it's a the central organizations are not based in India itself, so the data is definitely going to their central server. So should we really focus more on the localization because this thing is going to happen you know, for a really long time. So we should protect our own identity also now. What we want, need. So, uh, so, uh, what would be your point of view on that? Okay, so I'll forward this question to yes, sir as well. Uh, so, before I answer, I'll just let you know the question, sir. What actually the guy is asking is, the person is asking is that, uh, when we say that such antitrust allegations come to be, such issues come to be to CX, it is actually owed to globalization. So, if, is it actually a necessity that uh, we need to just globalize this aspect? of what actually CX does, or we need to just localize it so as to protect our identity. I'll just take your point on this. I'll just give my point first as well. See, indeed globalization has a lot of good things all along. 
But the thing is like, globalization did not do this first. Second, there is much, I guess, lack of technical literacy, I should say, not among people, but among companies to actually how to carefully and delicately be there. But there's, there's already a presentation understanding of right to be forgotten, uh, right to be informed, and right to education. But the thing is that the better approach would be to synchronize and actually make the procedural usage of data in a simplistic manner. And GDPR actually gives a good precedent all along. And also at the same time, the, the creative uh, uh, products or the create, I should say the creative cream that actually comes from CX can also be preserved because it's like a treasure of history. It's like a very good data uh, set extraction which we get all along. I guess there is nothing much about localization here. Much uh, solution, much solutions can actually come into being when actually tech companies and nation states think that there is a need to carefully use data. Much is not connected with globalization. But yes, uh, I guess there's, that's always a, about a moral purpose which is connected with tech companies, so yes, that's a big issue. Uh, so, uh, just, sure. so just in two minutes if you can just... So coming back to your question on data protection, right? So you, you are saying like what should we do? What should be the remedy? The remedy should be something, a domestic law or, in, uh, or a law at the international level? The reason I'm saying is because I guess a few months back with the RBI's narrative with respect to MasterCard's uh, data localization where the, all the amount of data that MasterCard collects will have to be centralized within India, within the boundaries of India, to which MasterCard was, was not very comfortable with the
before we actually ask for this, uh, this one more point here. This is actually a good point. The governments actually need to protect data accordingly and there should be, there will be an overlapping case between companies and governments. What I'm trying to say here is, I'm just perfectly correct at this point. Uh, beyond a GDPR perspective, uh, the thing is like, uh, the very protectionist approach towards data can be resolved via an agreement wherein we can understand how come and what pseudonymization of data is admissible and this can be actually transacted, you know, transacted between the companies, the people and the government. So it's much about the delicacy of how actually pseudonymization of data is dealt with. Uh, so so I'll just leave you for a while. So actually person from the audience uh, referred a point that RBI was asking about, actually it's working on it, uh, about uh, making the data of MasterCards, you know, letting the data of MasterCards be actually nationalized, centralized. While MasterCard, the company of MasterCard was not uh, okay with it, like they were not feeling comfortable on that. So just in two minutes, what do you think about it? Yeah. Uh. If my question is directed towards the data directed policy for India, then of course we should have, because then all we can say that data is becoming the fuel of the next generation. The industry 4.0 will actually depend on the data only. And if we look towards the heat map of the greater economic companies or the economies handled by them, then you would find out that more than 30% of the economical uh, transaction is done and dealt by the companies which are dealing largely with the data like Facebook, like Google and so on. Therefore, and the data can also be said to be, uh, said to be so sensitive sometimes which could even cause some problem and the uh, issues with the international relations as well. That is why I would like to point out some of the um, events which happened in the even Indian legal system. Like previously, um, India asked the data center and, and the keys of the encryption policy of uh, research in motion, the Blackberry company. And the Blackberry company was running uh, from this decision or the motion of the government and ultimately government had to ask them to shut down operations uh, from the telecom operators and the day before only the research in motion accepted that please don't shut down all the operations we will submit the keys and the data would be here, data centers would be in India or if they would be outside we would also provide you the keys now, from the technological point of view and the legal technological point of view, there are two questions in the data policy which should be adopted by India. Whether we are allowing all the companies to have data center here so that we can apply our data laws onto it or even we can allow those companies to have data centers outside jurisdiction but we are going to strangulate them on the cost of their business to get us the encryption keys and we are looking into their data. Then the answer would be, the first one is the 
better and the right approach, keeping in mind the new data policies being adopted by the countries and then even the inclusion of the clause that the other countries cannot look into and improve and get the data without any judicial intervention. Now, the first approach, India has not done anything in advancing towards it. Till yet, the companies, the technical, uh, NDRO, the National Technical Research Organization and the other brains of the, the, the brains of the uh, uh, government of India is monitoring all the internet data. That is why even of, of the NDRO and the other organizations are not available in the online from the government. But the, uh, they have not advanced towards a better data policy and the better data law. Because practically they have got the keys and they are monitoring all the data, RIM, even what is going on in the US server. But very soon, as the US government does not cooperate with India and the EU design has itself come up with the new GDPR and they have applied the same design not to get any data to the outside countries. India is going to face problems with the NDIO even on the practical level. So what they have to do, they have to work on such strong legislative uh, remedy by which the companies are bound to have the data centers here. Even technically speaking, when the data centers would be here, one legally the jurisdiction of India would be applied, applied exclusively. There would not be any question of taking any permission or using the laws of the other country. Second, the data is needed to be in the control of him. India as a republic, which we could see in the research in motion case was there, but could be in problem and could create some of the another diplomatic and international relations issues. To solve these issues, the better prospect would be only to have a strong data protection law and also asking the companies to have data here. Now, speaking only finishing in two lines, speaking about the consumer centric approach, the strong data protection should always keep in mind the individual customers and would also regulate the use of the data by those companies, not only the government security issue. Till yet, the approach of the Indian government has been kind of flawed, only looking towards the security and the national security issues but not towards the individualistic consumer-centric approach to which I would also support that India should look towards the consumer-centric approach and then the security approach would be taken over by the uh, legislation which are already in the future. Thanks so much sir. Thanks so much ma'am for your uh, points. So, here we conclude the September edition of the Jerusalem Talks. But yes, I guess we have a question for only last question we are dealing please. So this, uh, I have a question. So the offset might appear silly since you are better versed in these issues. But when you are really talking about localization of data, uh, how does it actually work? So uh, say if I take for example the MasterCard issue here, you, uh, it, suppose the uh, proposition actually you know, uh, 
enthusiasm regarding artificial intelligence and its educational law is very important. And I'm very happy, I hope I'm also happy, the is also happy, that we actually had a very good discussion with you all in the way we uh, wish to add some two sentences. Yes. Rather than answering the query of that uh, thing, I would like to uh, like uh, even uh, rephrase the question or I uh, would like to point out something to understand the query itself. Yes. When we talk about the globalization of data, we must keep in mind the technicalities of the internet itself. Why the globalization of data happened or we can say that uh, what this terminology itself speaks of. The point is that the internet is borderless and the data which flows over the internet, which empowers the internet itself, flows borderlessly. But when it goes to any of the, um, under the control of any commercial company, the company use it for their use accordingly and according to the laws of that nation. Now, as we moved and advanced towards the internet, we moved towards having the more data flow over the internet. And as we moved towards having the more data towards the internet and with the company, the problems, the correlated issues, or as I can say the collateral damages and the collateral issues began to question up as they began to talk. Now those collateral issues have been dealt by some of the developed nations by their own laws. And in absence of, which we are, I, I can't even say anything about that, in absence of any such central mechanism system or in absence of such strong international law, the different countries deal with the approach according to their own system. So that is the problem, especially over the internet, where the internet itself is the borderless, and internet cannot be owned by one entity or the country itself. The data which flows over also have the same portion, to be of independent nature, to be open. But what about those questions which are, uh, what about those problems which are being posed by one individual of a country? to protect the subject, to protect the individual of that own country, the solution which have been created has another created the classification or the boundaries therein, to which we call the globalization of data. The globalization of data now refers when the data is being cross-border and the data when it is coming to one border where the specific laws are to be applied. As I, I talked about in my previous answer that India should have a different kind of law and a strong law. Although I am supporting the strong law, but the question of globalization of data and the, even the question of having the strong data protection policy which would ask for the company to have the data centers here as we talk about these technicalities. And when we know the technicalities better, we would be able to dissect the problem and the elements of the problem itself and if we have the good dissection and the element of those problems we can get the better solutions. So, I have not answered your query I think. 
but still I have observed the solution by the equation should be low from the length equation should be low and then the problem solving approach should be kept for the better solutions. Thank you so much sir for your valuable points here. So thank you. Yeah, really. And here at the end, due to some talks, formally, um, we won't be able to address questions due to time constraints. But we are really happy from Iceland Apples to Forget Euro that we actually got a tremendous support from inside in short time. And we actually are very happy that actually you all interacted in a dynamic way. So that was actually inquisitive because in the field of AIFS education and law, uh, we actually didn't see much interaction among law people. So we were really happy to know about this and we really thank you for this. Uh, I would like to add something. Uh, thank you very much for your time, uh, time and also attention. It was uh, really nice to be here and be able to talk to all of you. Due uh, to paucity of time, we will not be able to continue beyond this, but you can always write to us or email us um, uh, about your queries or any other thing. Thank you very much and have a nice day. Bye-bye.